my body is ready. All of this just works. It just works. Who's laughing now? Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 94, the world premiere episode of the Game Grooves Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Good Night Grooves. My name is Matt, and today I'm joined by Josh and Paul. No mic today. He might be absent for a little while. He's busy on our recording days for a little bit going forward, but we do plan to maybe bring on some guests to fill out the show a little bit. We'll see where things go. We're going to go with the flow, but Mike's okay. We can we can confirm Not dead this time. Mike is good. Nope. Not dead this time. Nope. We are suspecting he might be in the bath right now. <laughs> Splish splash. Permanently. Plus, yeah, he's going to be very pruny by the end of this. <laughs> but guys, let's get into Imagine things. that, everyone. Instead of just asking how you're doing this week, the, his entire body, yep. very, the entire yep. thing, so pruny. Even his prune. Head to toe. Even his prune. Instead of asking you guys how you're doing this week, I want to ask everyone what their peak of the week has been. So, Paul, what is the best thing that happened to your little prune this week? This is punishment for me making too many prune jokes, so now i got to go first yeah. on peak of the week. Um, peak of the week for me this week is probably going to be a little boring, but it was just having a nice a long weekend for Easter. Yeah. Just had a good time. You know, I, I think I might have mentioned, I, I think I did mention last week on the pod that it was like my busiest Oh, was I not? I wasn't on the pod. So that's actually what I was going to say. Last week, if I were on the pod, I would have mentioned that uh, Monday was like my busiest work day I've ever had at this job in the last over a year. Our busy season is like in March and things like that. So I ended up like calling over 200 people on the phone and doing all these texts Whoa. and emails and everything else. And it was just like, it was absolutely insane. And like my throat and like everything about my, my body was kind of like done for a couple of days after that. Even your prune. Dude, my prune was, if, <laughs> if can you imagine a pruny prune? Cause if you do, that's what it was like. Yeah. And uh, yeah, boy, howdy. So it was uh, <laughs> my Josh today. <laughs> um, so it was, uh, <laughs> it was a little, uh shooting darn man it was crazy um so anyway uh that's that um so yeah friday came around i got i didn't i worked monday but i got friday saturday sunday off uh just chillax the whole time just played tons of new world because that's what i've been playing lately watched some gilmore girls with rachel we're on a watch through right now we're in the i would say the prime of the show early first couple seasons so really really good time and uh, yeah, much fun was had by all. I will say a small negative to my playing a lot of New World is that my computer almost cooked. But we'll get into oh. that later in the uh, in the water yeah. cooler segment. But you ain't fucking kidding. I had to wow. uh, uh, yeah, I had to download some some uh, supplements for this. All right, interesting. Thirty minutes before the podcast, I was watching a video which was Japanese people being interviewed trying to do impressions of what it sounds like foreign English speakers to them, which is a hilarious video, by the way. Check that out on YouTube if, if you get a chance. I don't know. Just Google. I don't know. Just Google something. Anyway, it sound, that to me is like Paul as a Canadian doing a Southern accent. I can do a good one. I was being funny. I, I think I can do a good one. I know. 
I know. I didn't even think it was too bad off the rip, even if you were just goofing. I was like, all right, shit, I'm convinced. I talked to most of my, like I'd say 90% of the people I talk to on the phone all day are, are from the deep south. So I pick up a lot now <laughs> and I start mirroring it halfway through the day. So by the end of the day, I'm like, oh yeah, see, I'll book you in. Oh, it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Hit yeah. him with a couple tin fours, baby. It happens, it happens without even trying. It's crazy. Now, Paul, you mentioned Easter. I feel like you're a big chocolate bunny guy. Oh yeah. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, I dress up in the suit. I bake my like I I cook the chocolate around myself. No, 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 no. Oh. Let's not. You're you're making jokes now, but you are actually a big chocolate bunny. Yeah, right? I am. It's actually kind of weird. I didn't get a chocolate bunny this year around Easter. Like it just didn't happen. I'll probably go now and see if there's anything left. I doubt it, but sales. Yeah, I would say like they start Easter uh, sales. Like they start selling Easter chocolate and chocolate bunnies. It's basically as soon as. Um, valentine's day is over here so wow so at that point i've had a lot of chocolate bunnies this year but it was all long before easter and it's usually more embarrassing i think to like i'll get one in february and rachel will be like really you're gonna get a whole <laughs> chocolate bunny i was like i got i do it early yeah gotta get your chocolate bunnies in before everyone else gets there. yeah you gotta do it before now, here's it's, my question before though it's, uh, <laughs> before it's cool my, my question here though last i promise last chocolate bunny related <laughs> conversation topic are you a I mean, I feel like it's pretty rare to find a solid chocolate bunny, but that's kind of like the golden goose, right? They're, most of them are hollow. I actually have an opinion on this. Um, a lot of the chocolate bunnies I had this year were solid, and I actually uh, regret getting them uh, for for Whoa, a number of wow. reasons. Um, I actually had, I had some hollow ones in the last couple of weeks that were quite good. Um, Lindor ones, very tasty. Um, and I got some, I usually just like, like the, like the store brand, like the drugstore brand chocolate bunny, you know, just like a cheap one because yeah. it's just like, it's a, that kind of chocolate. There's something about that. Just very, very simple. But I got these hard ones recently. <laughs> I got a big hard one. I put it right in my mouth and, uh, <laughs> I got a solid chocolate bunny. And when I went to bite the solid chocolate bunny, you know, you get the tops of the ears. It's kind of thin. You go the to the, ear, of course, the feet yeah. maybe, but you get to the thick ass body of this chungus and you're trying to <laughs> chomp it. And let me tell you, I hurt my teeth. I hurt my teeth. Yeah. And then and then you want to keep, I don't know, keep it fresh, whatever. Sometimes you put it in the fridge. I have to take mm, it out. Oh. I have to take it out and yeah. I have to let it sit for like an hour before I can even try eating it. And then I'm like chipping my teeth on it and I'm getting these huge <laughs> chunks. And then my stomach is feeling upset. And it's just like, yeah. it's too much chocolate. But like you think it's going to be an okay amount of chocolate. Anyway, I've learned now that the hollow bunnies are absolutely it. And I think I'm like fully out of the solid. So it's interesting you bring this up because I actually just went through like a, a full uh, a full revelation with this. And I'm off the, the solid bunnies. Wow, I appreciate that. <laughs> That's some good Paul lore. Deep diving. That really did bring back memories of chipping my tooth Dude. on solid chocolate bunny. And I just chipped my tooth for the first time a couple months ago. Uh, so not oh. a big one, just a minor one on the inside. But now I'm like super worried about chipping my my old man teeth. So a little worried. Yeah, gotta gotta take care of those chompers. Josh, what was the best thing that happened to you this week? I had what was considered childlike wonder and fun in Destiny Two. Uh, of all things, this yeah. Saturday, we had a raid with like a group I joined about three weeks ago when I started getting into Destiny 2. Hit the jackpot. Genuine, awesome group. I hit it off with everybody. It's like being in a fucking WoW guild again where everybody's just chill. Uh, and we like got invited to a raid. Uh, it was an older raid, but it's the way D Destiny does it. It was still relevant. And my God, it was six of us. We started at nine. We didn't finish until fucking 1 a.m. It was the most fun I've ever had. I fucking loved it. It was like, it reminded me distinctly of when I like 
remember doing my first WoW raid, like Dragon Soul back in Cataclysm. When it was like doing my first one, like actually being a little more aware of what's going on. It was just so fucking cool, man. It was just, it was just neat. Uh, honorable mention, Kayla has started watching Dragon Ball Z with me and she Dude, likes it. Hell yes. It, that warmed my soul. It, that touched my soul. I tell you fucking what. That was the one that got me into it way back in the day oh, and even yeah. she likes it. And I'm so gratified. I don't know if I'll ever get Rachel to watch, sit and watch Dragon Ball Z with me, but I did drag her to the English dub of uh, Super Brawly in the theater and she came away being like that was pretty fucking cool and i was like it was you know what's funny because you got to get like the really good that one was so good the yeah. animation like oh my god you can't not like it that was the best part is that's how i introduced kayla to it so we had already watched a shitload of anime you know we've yeah. constantly watched a bunch of it it's all in my fucking background and when we did video shit and we just were like fuck it we finished eating dinner we just saw dragon ball super was in the theaters i was like come on let's just let's just go watch it we ain't got nothing better to do she was like why not and she immediately loved it because all the story is just Piccolo and Gohan. And yes. it is so fucking good. And she fucking fell in love with it. And even though it's old, the still the show still holds up. Dude, honestly. It's so Z good. does anyways. Yeah. But yeah. That was a solid, solid week, I gotta say. Very good. Matt, what I was the it. peak of your week? Thanks for asking. <laughs> my peak of the week is that I upgraded my RAM to 16 gigs. Round of applause. Josh, get those hands together. Yeah, I can actually run games smoothly now. I, I have to interrupt you really quickly to because there should be background. <laughs> I didn't even start. No, but there should be background before you start just saying that I've never met someone in my life more afraid to to tinker with their computer than Matt. Oh, he's so afraid. Matt's like a yeah, yeah. Matt's like a major nerd for sure, but like just like not just very afraid of breaking the computer. And like Matt, I think previously there were times where you probably needed a small computer upgrade and you purchased an entire new computer, which you almost did here. Yeah, I almost did here, which would have been devastating considering the taxes. With my tax return. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for real. Glad I didn't do that. We're re I just want to say us as a podcast collective, I think everyone out there in the audience, I just want to say we, sh we all have to be proud of Matt because he faced his fear drenched in sweat and uh, and did the, did the work. Yeah, I was I was absolutely drenched in sweat, so nervous as I had my computer open. Tried it the first time, <laughs> put the RAM sticks in, turned the computer on, nothing happened. It, the computer turned on, but nothing came up on the screen. Went back in, realized I probably didn't push it in far enough because I never heard a click. Gingerly. Yeah, so then I messaged Paul and, and our buddy Spencer, and I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm really putting a lot of force on this thing. I'm not hearing a click, but I am hearing crunches and I don't feel good about this. They're like, you just got to press, dude. Like, you got to do press it. Press past the crunch. And I did and it worked. Now I have 16 gigs and games actually run really well and I can have Chrome up while I'm playing New World and it's pretty smooth and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good deal. I, I've, I've, I feel like my computer was much upgraded just from that small little thing that I did and I'm it's probably gonna be good for another couple of years and I'll also now I'm also confident like if I ever have to go to 32 I can do that and I'll feel pretty I was just gonna say I, I thought you're gonna be like I'm confident like tinkering with my computer and you're like I'm confident with the RAM slots yeah with the RAMs <laughs> I will not ever do anything else I'm very Fuck much no. a I I take so so much good care of my stuff but I also worry about myself destroying something on accident and I'm a I'm very much a pay for convenience sort of person. And I will literally buy a brand new computer just so I don't have to worry about breaking my current one. It's just how I am. It's a curse. But it also leads to me taking really good care of my stuff. So 
It is what it is. Yeah, no, I'm going to be buying pre-builts until the end of time. I just <laughs> yeah. accept that. I'll pay the extra convenience. I am not fucking with that thermal base shit. I like the oh, like yeah, the yeah. pre-built with like being able to do some small upgrades. Like maybe I get a pre-built with like a good processor, good motherboard, and then from there, if I wanted to like put in a new graphics card or put in some new RAM, I could do that. But like I'm not touching fucking anything else. Like the CPU is going to be there till the end of time. Any of the the fiddly shit oh, yeah. is beyond me. But I could like do a graphics card, do my RAM, do my hard drives. That's about it. Which is basically what you do on a laptop at this point too. I'm a laptop guy, so I don't really get to do all the the fiddly. But I did change RAM and, and hard drives recently, and that's so I'm I'm at the peak of laptop touching. Although I haven't, I know some people peak of laptop touching. <laughs> yeah, that's the episode name. <laughs> and uh, I did almost buy a laptop recently, and then someone was like, "Oh, the touchpads borked though." As soon as you buy the laptop, so you have to like open it up and like move the ground, like the the grounding wire on the touchpad, no, no, no. and like move it to like off to the side where like this metal. And I was like fuck that <laughs> like that's the kind of thing that doesn't have like a button where you press it and push it in it's like you gotta like fiddle i'm not touching it speaking of grounding like my office is on carpet and yeah. i know pe people say to begin with you're not supposed to have your computer on carpet whatever, whatever it is what it is but i moved off i did this whole operation in the kitchen which is the only place that we have stuff aside from the bathroom that is not carpet and so I made very sure to ground myself and to ground myself to the computer. So I was, and I was, it was only the Ram. Like I wasn't touching like a bunch of wiring and stuff, but still I was so fucking Dude, scared. imagine if you fucking like, yeah, my, I definitely have a fear of like frying my computer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to show me your trends in show me your trends. I give the panelists the beginning of a Google search phrase. <laughs> they have to tell me how the toppers alphabet is <laughs> the company. Oh no. Search phrase, they have to tell me how the top result ends by picking from three options. One is correcto, Ooh. two are wrongo. wrongo. Searches are made in private mode hmm. to get the purest <laughs> answers possible. You on uh, Microsoft Edge there? Yep. We're going to play three quick rounds. Round one. How to drive if blank. How to drive if you lost your license. How to drive if you are scared or how to drive if you're short. And I do want to specify it's Y-O-U-R, not Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. I was so waiting for how to drive if you're drunk was about to pop up. I was waiting on it. Thank oh, God it's not one of the yeah. options. <laughs> oh. There is some sort of uh, humanity left, I guess. <laughs> oh, good God. They use DuckDuckGo for that. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Google can't see when I drive drunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what were the first two again? Fuck. I knew the short one. It's uh, don't have a license, uh, scared, and uh, yeah. short. Um, <laughs> I I just got to say, I don't believe scared because there's an I think you should leave bit with uh, driving scared, and I think Matt's making that up. Um, but I don't know. Maybe not. It could be a real thing. I'm not sure. I like it so much, but I just don't think it's real. <laughs> I'm going to go with short. You know, you know, you just. Y O U R? You're going to go with that too? Yeah, yeah, why not? Okay. I'm going to go with um, don't have a license. Yeah. The answer is how to drive if you lost your license. Hell yeah. That makes sense. You yeah. don't. Well, you do. Uh, <laughs> it's just the same as driving normally. You just uh, hope you don't see a cop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rachel hasn't had a license. Rachel's license expired in December. 
and uh, oh my god, she's not that's worse. she's not regularly driving. Um, can I just tell the story really quick? It's like minor. It's like a I'll do it in thirty seconds or less. Sure. Um, but we have a graduated licensing system here. I don't know if you guys do. Where you have to get like your learner's permit, and then you have like a couple. You have oh. like a and then there's like a second level, and then there's like a main level. We have a couple levels uh, with three, Somewhere. and um, you have to do them all within five years, which is like a fairly reasonable amount of time. Every state here has its own rules. Yeah. So, so we have that here. So same here. Our <laughs> provinces have different rules and stuff. So we have this one. Okay. Um, and Rachel just plum forgot to do it within five years she had the second tier but not the highest one and so um i i was like we realized like almost before it was over last year and i was like we should probably do this and then it just it just got pushed off so anyway um her entire license expired and she has to do all the tests again and so we just haven't done it because it's like a big pain in the ass um but every once in a while you know i'm like i don't feel like driving up like we don't go anywhere far but um yeah she's she's getting away with it right now she's fucking skirting the law Damn. The other two options, by the way, were actual options. They just weren't the right option. Wow. So I didn't make it up, Paul. Wow. <laughs> you little prune. All right, round two. How do you keep blank? How do you keep score in pickleball? How do you keep bananas from turning brown? Or how do you keep your pants up? This is, these are incredibly stupid. <laughs> yeah, these are dumb. These are, I mean, how do I keep my bananas from turning brown? My brother in Christ. Yeah. You can't. It's the <laughs> that's just circle kinda, of life. That's just kind of how they work. near other fruits, it spreads. That's like Oh, Google. really? Yeah. If what? You, yeah, you have to keep your bananas. You know those like little fruit things, the little covers you can put to keep the fruit flies from getting in there and that kind of stuff? You, they, they say keep your bananas away from that or keep your bananas away from other fruit because they're, they're like, there's something in the way they, they rot that it goes to other fruit. Keep your bananas away from your prunes. Keep your bananas away from my fucking prunes. You know why prunes look like that? Because they were too close to bananas. Here's the thing. People aren't washing their bananas. They're washing their chicken, but they're not washing their bananas. And that's really the problem. If I see a motherfucker washing their bananas, I'm going with bananas. Well, I don't wash the outside because you don't eat it, but I wash the inside. Like, I just like... Well, yeah, like you just, oh, you unpeel it just at the top a little bit and then you just pour water mm-hmm. in until it's kind of coming out the sides of the peel and then you just kind of... Delicious. It's banana yeah. water. And then you slop it's, it's it fantastic. in fantastic. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with bananas because I just can't. That's all I, I care I, about now. I basically have to. It's so fucking stupid. The answer is how do you, how do you keep bananas from turning brown? Look at us go. The people are so goddamn dumb. How do you keep your pants up? A fucking belt. <laughs> Imagine... Having an invention. The invention was like 700 years ago, maybe more. I don't know. Like a fucking belt, dude. They were like, nah, bro. I don't know what these belts are. Fuck it. I'll wear overalls forever. <laughs> suspenders. If, oh, if you really bracer, need them. Suspenders. Yeah. Yep. Four yeah. strength, four stam leather belt. Uh, uh. <laughs> Round three. How to know if I've seen blank. How to know. <laughs> a I don't know if I've seen my naked uncle. <laughs> you know if you've done that. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen the rain. Uh-huh. <laughs> Your eyes are wet. I don't know if I've seen a ghost. <laughs> or I don't know if I've seen my last tomorrow. Whoa! <laughs> what the fuck is this well, shit? I think we finally I think we finally hit the moment of the saddest Google that you've that you found so far. These are so fucking dumb. I can't. How to know if I've seen the rain? The fuck? Well, it's like it's like I want to know. Have you ever seen the rain? Maybe someone's like, <laughs> is someone getting the lyrics so wrong? It's like, how do I even know? How do I even know if I've seen the rain? I don't know how to answer that question. Oh God! 
The other ones got me fucking too, and now I'm like so stuck on the rain one. The third one was fuck. What was that one again? How to know if I've seen my last tomorrow? <laughs> last tomorrow. That's horrifying. What are you trying to like, dude? I'm just imagining like an 80 year old, like who just who like uses Google to figure out like how to get onto Facebook, and they're like, how do I know if I've seen my last tomorrow? If they brought in a priest, you've probably seen your last tomorrow. Google, what is hospice care and why am I in it? Jesus. <laughs> and Josh's crusade against the elderly continues. I got to be consistent. I'm going with rain, by the way. Uh, I'm going with last tomorrow because I want it to be right because it's so unhinged. The answer is how to know if I've seen my last tomorrow. <laughs> well, is that like a lyric or something? I don't know. I, it has to be. It has to be. Oh, God, it sounds like a shitty apocalypse film. Oh, God. It does sound like uh, a shitty apocalypse film. I think this is a line. Um, as soon as I look it up, I see this song by Jamie Johnson called Lead Me Home. And there's like, a, it's all that. So I think it's a lyric from this song. And it mm. seems pretty religious. So I don't know. Something to do with that. That's disappointing. I wanted it to just be a, an organic Google search. Me too. Me too. But it's interesting. I never considered that some of these are coming up because they're lyrics. That's interesting. Yeah, I really like the lyric, how do you keep your pants up? Yeah. Or how do you keep my bananas from going brown? <laughs> yeah. That was from the famous song Pants on the Ground from American Idol. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shit. Y'all remember 2008? I, unfortunately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, we are like 22 minutes into the show. <laughs> You'd think it would go, you think it would be like less of a show if it was less one person, but it's us three. Yeah. It's bad. We, yeah. we had a short one last week, so we got to make up the That's difference true. in shit posts for the first 30 minutes. It's fine. That's true. 57 minutes last week. I almost felt, we when I was editing, back. I felt bad. I like, I felt like we didn't give them enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's okay. I'd say I'd feel bad for the $5 plus patrons, but like, I don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Groups podcast, the all-encompassing. No, all right, let's move on to the big question. <laughs> it was the joke that you were just going to start the show again? No, it was the end of the show. That's oh, the right, outro. right, I love it, I love it. All right, thanks for explaining the joke to the listeners who religiously listen so they know the outro when they hear it. That's true. Not me. I'm just here every week. <laughs> yeah. Not every week. That's true. Wow. Less, less weeks to come. Okay, Damn. we got to move on. We got to move on. Lately, it seems like every game gets announced way too far ahead of time and then delayed even further. And this has only been exacerbated due to the worldwide events we dealt with over the last few years. Cyberpunk 2077 was announced in 2012, eight and a half years before release. Beyond Good and Evil 2 was soft announced in 2008, and Skull and Bones was announced in 2017. Both games have yet to be released. Now, while the latter two are likely vaporware and in development hell, respectively, they're still symptomatic of a greater problem in video games, and that is publishers announcing games way too early. Now, it's true, video game development cycles are long, especially in modern days. Many unforeseen issues can arise, and leaks are prevalent, but still, it's believed by many that publishers should keep announcements closer to the chest and hold on to them until a game is much, much closer to release. So guys, here's the question, and Josh, we're going to go to you first on this one. When is the right time for a publisher to announce a new game? And what about DLC for an existing game? Josh, what are your thoughts? So I had a like, couple ideas with it, roughly. And it, it kind of involves like which genre it's a part of and what kind of game it is and all that. Uh, so I'll just, you know, 
I'll just kind of dive in here and you know see what we got. I, I'll start with like MMOs. I think a good three to five years before an MMO ever releases, say it's in development, announce it, say it's out there. Like, yeah, it's going to be long-winded and take forever, but that's honestly kind of some of the charm of an MMO is watching the development, occasionally seeing an alpha or beta come out. You know, Kind of like Riot's doing. I mean, we haven't really seen much of anything, but when we will, that hype has been so well built up that I think it'll be worth when they announced it, uh, just because of who they are. I, th- I just think an MMO has much more of that appeal and can afford to wait that long because people know how much time they're going to be able to get out of the game, I- ideally. Um, but then it just kind of... It kind of changes depending on what you're playing. Like a single-player game, I mean, if we're announcing this any more than two years out, I don't give a shit. I'm just like, okay, we're two years out. I'm going to forget about this, and then I'm going to come back to it a year from now. You're going to reveal something else, and I'm going to be like, oh, cool, this game. I I feel like if you're going anything over two years, just hold off. There's so much balance to be had, and I think people miss it. Like with a multiplayer game, like maybe give it about a year, a the window before release because people are going to forget with the way the doors revolve so quick on those multiplayer games like they yeah. don't stick i mean just realistically like some do some get lucky and stick you know you've got your rocket leagues you've got your destiny 2s yada yada um but some just don't some are like call of duties some are like battlefields they, they just come through the door they go out just announce them get people hyped for them and move on like waiting look at, years look at apex yeah exactly like or i mean i mean to me like halo shouldn't be announcing so early it's Halo. Like, I know stuff takes... I don't, I know nothing about video game development. But I know, like, <laughs> you could at least, like, wait and announce the Halo when you think it's going to be ready. Of course, 343 is a shit show. Anyways, I, I say all this to, to go back to what I think is the ideal release window and pattern if people could actually nail it down uh, in a wonderful, beautiful, idyllic video game world. Uh, and that is Bethesda's model, at least what they used to do. Look at me dick riding Bethesda again, but hold on. <laughs> I really think they had it nailed down. They would announce the game a year prior. Six months, Todd Howard comes out, hypes the fuck out of the game. Literally, everyone is shitting themselves over it. And then six months later, the game's out. That's it. It was so beautiful. It was so clean cut. It worked. It happened with Fallout 4, 3, Skyrim, Oblivion. They, they have done it all the same, even though if they didn't necessarily drop a giant, you know, Skyrim level presentation or Fallout 4 presentation. They, they've done it pretty similarly for the most part because that's that year to six month hype, you've got that slow build. And then the second that six month period hits, it's all you can think about. It is growing. It's going buck wild. It's just so nice. And it, it, it's killed me. Like, I'm excited for the new Elder Scrolls game, but the fact that they announced it so goddamn early, like, holy shit. Like, I know it's coming. Like, I get it. But like, just just hold on. Just like be patient with us. Get Starfield out the fucking door, for God's sakes. So I just, I don't, you know, th- that's kind of my rough thoughts. Uh, as far as the DLC for an existing game, that's actually a really good question. I'd say maybe like six months into a game being out, probably announce some DLC. I think uh, FromSoft has gone a little too long and with Elden Ring, for example. I was interested, uh, and I, I think the DLC announcement is, is cool. But I really am much less into it now than I would have been six months ago. Because, uh, I mean, Elden Ring had some staying power, but they lost it with me because they waited a year and some change just to announce it. Um, but it, it really just depends on the game. I, it, it's really tough to say. But give me about a six-month period, and I'm pretty excited for it. But, yeah, that's about it. I totally agree with the Bethesda thing. I, I think Fallout 4 was announced six, six months, months before it, it came out. Yeah, in June. That's the way to do it. I mean, that that 2010s Bethesda approach of doing it six months before, a year before, and then doing a big showcase 
even sooner to uh, closer to release. I, I think that's the way to do it. The problem is, and Bethesda's never going to be able to do that again because they're part of a giant marketing machine now with Microsoft and Xbox. And once you get to those higher levels where you have these giant marketing teams, they want to utilize their marketing team, right? They're, they have all these employees. They want to use them. So from giant companies, you're, you're just always, for the most part, I mean, there are exceptions like Apex Legends with the shadow drop and stuff, but for the most part, you're going to see these long-winded cycles because they want to ramp up the marketing over time. And the marketing team has to have time to come up with what they want to do, how they want to approach their marketing and all that kind of stuff and, and how they want to change it over time, reacting to how the audience reacts to it so they can change what they're doing in marketing and when it gets closer to release and all that kind of stuff. So I, I get it. I understand these bigger companies are going to have these longer tails for marketing. I just think that six month or one year is like the sweet spot. That's when it feels, it feels the best for people who are looking forward to games and getting hyped for games. That's the, by far the best feel. And I understand it's not realistic for every company, but it's, it's the best feeling for sure. And when, when Bethesda was on their own and their own publisher, they were able to do that. And it's just, unfortunately, I don't think for Bethesda going forward, it's going to be realistic, which sucks, but it is what it is. As far as DLC, I really think a DLC announcement needs to come really soon after a game's launch. And I know people are going to hate it and say that it should have just been added to the main game if that's the case. But I just feel like me personally, I'm going to lose interest in DLC for the, for most games if the announcement doesn't come right at the peak of hype of me playing the game. If it's six months down the line, if it's a year, a year and a half down the line, that game is done and gone. I'm not going back to it. But even if I may have loved the game, I'm not going back to it. But what's the number though, Matt? Because I mean, like people will probably say crunch, right? That's what I'm thinking. Like games at this point are being worked on to like the last moment because of like day one patches and things like that. So like, yeah, obviously you can like already probably plan for DLC, but like if the DLC is not coming out for like, you know, eight months or a year because of just like crunch, not being one, not wanting to crunch, then like what's the point of announcing it like two months in or something? That's true. I, I think it's okay if it comes out a little bit later, but I want to know about it earlier on, I guess the, the only game that I can think of right now where there's DLC coming way after release is the cyberpunk DLC. Like I'm interested in that, but I may not even reinstall the game for it. I don't know. That's yet to be seen, but but just based on how good the Witcher 3 DLCs were, I kind of feel like I, I got to at least give it a shot, So or at least pay attention to it. But I don't know. It's just there are, there are examples of like some of those Spider-Man DLCs, and those came pretty early, but some they of did. the later ones, it was just like, I'm just not interested anymore. Or like some of the... Uh, there was the, uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn DLC. Luckily, I played it after the game had already... Uh, after the DLC had already been out. So I was able to go right into it. Same for Witcher 3. Otherwise, I don't know if I'm sticking around for some of those. Yeah, you got lucky with Ghost of Tsushima too because you played that one late and then you got Iki Island when yeah. you were still kind of hyped. But like a lot, that was a pretty late DLC. Yeah, and same with Left Behind for, for Last of Us. Yeah. Like I played it after it had already long been out. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like if I know about DLC ahead of time or like soon after a game releases and it's a game where I don't play on release, but I'm thinking about picking it up eventually, then I know like I can just wait until the DLC comes. But Paul, what do you think? Yeah, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet because I'm going to echo what uh, you folks said quite a lot. Um, mainly, I think Fallout 4 was my favorite hype time. And I, I think it's not just nostalgia. I think that was the perfect cycle with Fallout 4 was, hey, 
um, you know, there were like, there was, I know a decade, but there was a lot. There was like five plus years of people being like, Fallout 4 is going to announce. Fallout 4 is going to, there's like, there, ooh, someone made like an ARG game. Oh, it's going to be Fallout 4. And then it was like, turned out to be a fake that was really close to like seeming real and blah, blah, blah. So there was a lot of leaks, a lot of hype, a lot of background stuff, um, but no official announcement, which kind of sucked, but I was never like, I was always just like, oh, when Bethesda finally decides to make Fallout, it's going to be cool. But I was never like mad at them for not making it, you know, or, or taking too long or whatever. Cause I thought, okay, you know, that just is what it is. And, and I'm sure we'll hear about it when the moment comes. Maybe I was a little bit like, I'm, I'm sad that they're letting the IP languish or something. Cause this is kind of at the, at the early point, you know, of when games started taking longer. So, um, you know, I was like, why is Fallout 4 taking forever? But you know, is there even going to be a Fallout 4? There's mystery around it. Who knows what it's going to be. Um, and then that six month, you know, launch, Hey, Fallout 4 is coming out in November. That was unreal. Also, there's a couple parts to that strategy. One is knowing that hype and holding on to it to that last second and then announcing it. And they really built it up too during that uh, performance, which is really great. I also think launching the mobile game Fallout Shelter at the same time was super key. Launching like a good mobile game or a tie-in game or something. Um, I know Saints Row did that, even though that game ended up being kind of meh. Um, that Saints Row reboot had that like create a character thing that kind of came out around not launch, oh, yeah. but like early. If that came out around launch or like not launch, sorry, um, announcement, I think that and, and the announcement had been closer. Then I think something like that would also keep hype going. Spore did that. I remember with the creature creator. Um, so I think stuff like that is really really cool. Um, having a tie-in that kind of gets you hyped for a game or an IP. I played Fallout Shelter that whole summer and then going into the fall a little bit. And then it was like enough to kind of keep me going. Um, and then they'd start trickling in some concept art, trickling in some, you know, maybe early trailer stuff. And it's like, but not a lot, just like the stuff that they're trickling in now for Starfield, right? That they've spent over a year trickling in. Imagine if Starfield got announced you know, in January, it's coming out in July. And then they were trickling all that stuff in, but in a much tighter package, um, the hype would be unreal. And I think obviously there's shareholders, there's like, there's, there's money to be made, especially in these public companies um, like Microsoft and other things to having people excited for a game, having hype, having things announced, having things on the horizon. There's so many like business decisions there that like, I'm not, um, you know, obviously going to speak to, but just in like a, how it feels way, I think six months is beautiful. I don't want to know a day earlier. I, I really don't because I think like even getting the surprise that like there was a Spider-Man two or a Wolverine game coming out and you and I freaking out, I would have rather not known that until like this summer and know that they're coming out this Christmas. That would, that would have been even crazier. Um, and that'd be cool to have that be the norm. Uh, and also, cause I, you don't know what you're missing until, until you know. And I, th I think like obviously some stuff like, you know, there's going to be a follow-up for. So it's like, you know, at the time it was like, I did know what I was missing. But I didn't for sure, you know, and I think like especially stuff with that Wolverine game, it's like I would never even know when I wanted that. And then I would have been real hyped. So I don't know. I think there's like something about that. The cycles go so quickly in terms of DLC. I'm I'm a weak one because I don't really um, like I'm a weak example of, of that um, just because I mostly like buy. I'm a patient gamer and then I buy like game of the year editions and I'm not like much of a buy a game on launch and then buy DLC. But I will say, like, I think anything within like six to eight months post launch is reasonable. I think, I think you're, I think you guys are right. Like, a year is too long. Um, you lose interest. I think like six months. If again, it depends on crunch. So I, I want to be fair about it. Like six to eight months to even announce. I think six months announce would be ideal. Um, and then it coming out within a year of of the game launching or right around that point, I think is fair. But 
yeah, it, it's tough. I, I don't really know how it's supposed to go. Those Spider-Man ones were pretty good, Matt. You're right. Those came out pretty quick after. But yeah, when there's so many of them, um, one after the other, and there is some time between it, when you really look at it, it ends up being like, you know, a year and a half, almost two years between the, the latest one and the newest one. It's like, that adds up. God of War Ragnarok just added New Game Plus five months after the game came out. It's like, yeah. that's too long. Like, I understand there's there's crunch and all that kind of stuff, but then just wait for the game a little bit. Like, like let the development go a little bit yeah. further. I don't know. Like, it just seems weird to me. Five months later, it's that's a long time. That's become commonplace now, too. Like, the, the like a big New Game Plus update, I feel like, like four or five months in, yeah. It's weird, though. It feels like developers are developing the games not thinking about New Game Plus until the end, and they're like, oh, wait, we have to figure out how we're going to put in New Game Plus. It's like, <laughs> just figure out... You know you're going to do it. Do it along the way. It could be a content strategy, too, of being like, hey, we know we're not going to have DLC done in four months. Yeah. But like, no, yeah. But if we want people to not, not forget about the game, between, like you were saying, forgetting about the game between now and DLC, it's like you play it on launch, and then four months later, four to six months later, you come back for a new game plus. Yeah, and then a year later, you come back for the DLC, and then every six months, you're like checking in with this game for like a two or three year cycle. That's a good point. So yeah, probably strategy. That's a good point. I, I do also feel kind of bad that we're in this such like this leak culture so publishers hands are also forced and they feel like they have to announce stuff early so that's also a big part of the problem you have a lot of leak culture in tv and movies as well but it's it's different in games because there's there's so much money at stake and there's years of development like you think about a movie i mean from casting to shooting to release you can be talking about a year like it's really not that long but with a game, it's like a four, five, six-year development cycle. So if things get leaked early on, it's just like, well, fuck, our whole surprise is ruined now. And then we're not even ready to show it within the next two years. Like, that sucks. I, I, I totally get that. And that, that really does suck when that happens. And, you know, I'm I'm guilty of it. I, I, I go to the gaming leaks sub subreddit. I like to read what, what people are speculating on and stuff we, like that. We hosted a podcast for a year where we just talked about like gaming leaks pretty much. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's fun. It's, it's, there's a bunch of hype behind it, but at the same time, all of those leaks, they ruin the surprises. Everyone knows for the most part at this point, what's coming in every show. So that kind of sucks. But anyway, let's move on and let's talk about games that have released and have release years. In a year to remember co-op edition, in a year to remember, our panelists have to answer two types of questions. One, I'm going to give them a game title, and they have to tell me the year that it initially launched. And two, I'll give the panelists a year and a platform, and they have to try to tell me the highest scoring game on the platform in the given year. The scores are taken from Metacritic. We're going to play six rounds with our two panelists working together to make a single guess for each round. If the panelists can work together to get four or more correct, they win. If they get two or fewer, I win. If they get three, we'll do a quick tiebreaker. All right, gentlemen, are we ready? Let's do it. Born ready. All right, you guys are working together. Tell me the year that Auto Assault came out. Uh, Josh's <laughs> game, you mean? Josh's MMO he came up with? Yeah, Josh's MMO that he invented last week. Yeah. That was, that was, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the real one, which Josh had never heard, Josh had never heard of. So <laughs> I'm just guessing because I really don't remember. I know it shut down, I think, in like 2007. I'm going to say 2003. I'm going with it. That sounds beautiful. Shot in the dark. Let's do it. All right. Auto Assault came out in the year 2006. Whoa. 2006. Wow. Well, short shelf life on that one. That was a tough one. 
I want to look up right now how long it was out before yeah. it was shut down. I don't think it was very long. Maybe I'm wrong. Developed by NetDevil, published by NCSoft. <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. Released in April 2006, game servers shut down August 2007. Yeah. Just over a year. I thought so because yeah. we did a we did a podcast as little teens and we we discussed how auto assault was getting shut down in 2007 so I was like okay oh. so I was like I remember that so it must have been out for like a few years but not even just over a Damn. year not even 5 years bro that's rough not even 2 years <laughs> <laughs> that's a colossal ill Turns out people don't want to just be cars in the next Josh, are you taking these notes? Are you taking these notes? Uh, I had the right idea, but uh, mo- moving on, moving on, clearly. All right. It was NCSoft <laughs> getting involved. That was the problem. Yeah. That was it, yeah. Round two. That was probably a subscription-based MMO, too. Yeah, I'm that pretty I sure it was. That's yeah. crazy. That was probably... That different, was, they different came, time. They came out with it as a WoW killer. Yeah. <laughs> Round two. Tell me the top scoring game on the Xbox One in the year 2017. What year did Sekiro release? 2017? Or is that 2018? I know <sighs> nothing. Or no, that, no, Sekiro was 2019. Yeah, I thought that was a bit later. but Yeah, it was. <sighs> 2017. It's definitely no Halos. What was that's I doing a, that's that forgotten. Year? I'm I was sure. playing Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man came out in 2018. What was I doing in 2017? What was I playing? I got married and moved and did a whole lot of shit that year. So I just yeah. played WoW. I broke up with my girlfriend of a long time and just played a lot of Life is Strange and cried in my room. <laughs> 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 uh, you this know what I did tough. play a lot of that time was Overwatch, but that came out in 2016 and definitely wasn't the highest rated Nick game. When did Assassin's Creed Odyssey come out? Not that it's just incredible, but it might be an option. Uh, Odyssey was way later. Um, I okay. think Origins might have come out that year. Oh, that's right. God, getting old has fucked my perception yeah, yeah, of time. Yeah. I like. I don't have any. Like, this is gonna take forever. Like, I don't even know if I have a guess. Twenty seventeen. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Because nice. I because I'm I'm feeling really wow. generous today. Yeah. Josh has never played this game, but Paul has. Oh, I've played it. That's insane. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, I know. Um, it's Cuphead. That that might be it. I haven't played it before. It's Cuphead. I'm going with it. Let's do it. The answer is what remains of Edith Finch. Fuck! Damn, I would have not in a million goddamn years guessed that shit. Yeah, it's a 95 on Metacritic. Damn. Cuppa did come out in 2017, yeah. actually. I just thought that might have been a good, not a, not a bad guess, but uh, damn, what remains of Edith Finch? That's good. Cuphead's Metacritic score is 86 for the Xbox One. Yeah. That's crazy. They, mm. What? Why? Because it's too high or too low? It just feels like a little low based yeah. on all the hype I read about it. I, I mean, I haven't played it, so I can't say, but... Remember the reviewers who couldn't figure out how to jump? They probably gave it a shit score. <laughs> What's great is we follow him on Twitter, and he's such a sweetheart, but my man can't play Cuphead to <laughs> save his great. fucking life. Who is it again? It's Gene Park, and he's from the Washington Post. It's okay. Cuphead's a hard game. Cuphead's a hard game. The Washington Post ended their entire video games division a few months ago, and... He's the only one they kept. So he's the only video game writer. That's amazing. <laughs> My man is a Chad. I gotta love that. So he's still around. But yeah, he's an he's an awesome guy. Uh, cancer survivor too. Really oh. good guy. But terrible at Cuphead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just, just bizarre. Bizarre mistake. Because I have to imagine that guy can play games fine. So it's like weird, yeah, that, he, yeah, yeah. weird that he couldn't figure out the jumping. I mean, it, yeah. like watching that video, it's like his brain just turned off, honestly. There's no other explanation <laughs> yeah. for it. It really is. All right. Round three. Tell me the year that Halo Wars came out. 
2007 or eight? It was after three, right? I'm pretty sure it was yeah, after Halo. It was 3. after three. Three was seven. And was Reach was oh nine. Reach was nine. Uh so Wars might have been oh eight. I think it was either seven or eight. And I could be wrong, but I feel seven or eighty. Maybe eight. I, I don't shit. think it came out the same year as three. Yeah, I feel like it, I don't know. I feel like, but then again, video games were weird. I feel as shit like I then. played it in six or seven, but it was like a. Be- I remember playing a beta of it in like six or seven. That's what has me so fucked up about it. Uh, this was this was because this game was in development for a while, and I remember there was like betas and stuff for it, so it's hard to remember like because I didn't play it when it actually eventually released. <sighs> I like eight. That's a pretty good guess to like fill in that hole. I'm down with 08. Yeah, let's go for I, and it. For some, and for some reason, part of me wants to say 2010, and I know that's wrong, so 08. Yeah. I think it might have been Halo Wars 2. Halo Wars launched on the Xbox 360. Didn't come to PC until 2016. Jesus. But it launched on Xbox 360 in 2009. Dang. Shit fire. Dang. Close. Yeah. Close. All right, so you're 0 for 3 right now. <laughs> oh, no. I'm feeling weak, like a small little boy. We can still, we can still tie it up. All right, 1997. <laughs> what was the highest scoring game on Nintendo 64? What was it, Paul? Goldeneye. It was Goldeneye. I don't know. I'm saying Goldeneye. <laughs> that's that's. I have not the slightest. It, I think I think Glover it. came out in seven, but it can't be Glover. <laughs> Even though I did recently get a a, re, a remaster, so we love that. Final answer, Goldeneye. <laughs> sure. Why the fuck not? Why not? 1997, the highest scoring game on Nintendo 64 was GoldenEye 007. My man. Fuck yeah. Look at that. I was pretty sure it was a 97, and I was like, that's the, that just jumped into my brain. What year did Fable 2 come out? Josh? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fable 1 was 2006, I want to say. Fable 2, people were hyping it up and getting excited. 6 seems late. I think it was an OG Six Xbox game. 6 does seem late, game. yeah. It, you're right. You're right. It was older. It was like 03, I think. Um, yeah. So Fable 2 might have been... I want to say it was as I was like learning more about RPGs, so I might have already played Oblivion at the time. So I want to say 07 or 08. But then again, it's it's older, so it could be 06. I'm stuck in between Do you remember if it was like an Xbox game or a 360 game? That might it was help. 360. Okay. I, I remember that because I remember like talking with like Fave and his brother about it. Yeah, which I think came out late 05. So maybe it was an 06. It was like early on. I think I could. I think I could maybe commit to. Fuck. I played it. I just don't have any memories of it. Oh, I want to say oh seven. I don't know why. I could be wrong though. I'm going with you. Twenty out seven. Oh uh, seven. Fuck it. Why not? Interesting tidbit. I didn't realize Fable the original came out in two thousand four. Oh. One year later, they did the remaster for Xbox 360, The Lost Chapters. I didn't realize it was one year later. It's kind of like the Last of Us remaster they did like right after for PS4. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, Fable 2 launched in 2008. 2008. Wow. I pulled my ears and fucked my butt. Damn. That was a long. That was a pretty long development for that time. That was. It was. It was. Peter Molyneux. Big game. Uh, Todd Howard Ground before Todd Howard. Yeah. All right. Final round. What was the highest scoring game in 2021 on PC? God, it's so recent. Yet my old fragile brain can't bring anything to mind. Yeah, anything before <laughs> anything before Elden Ring. I'm like, what? What won the Game Awards that year? <laughs> we did it. We streamed it. We were we were there. That was a groofier. Uh, that was a groofier. Shit. Like, so we were I paying attention you... to this shit. Oh, uh, on PC. Okay, there was. There was 
No, it takes two is twenty. Yeah, no, we just did twenty twenty two. You idiot. That it was, takes yeah. two one in twenty twenty one. That's right. So um, it takes not, two is one. I don't think that's gonna. be I don't the think on PC, PC. Yeah, that'd be more console focused for sure. Uh, there was also Death, whatever the fuck Death that Stranding game was. was out Death, earlier than that. No, it was, it was not Death Stranding. Oh. It's a uh, Death Loop. Oh yeah, Death Loop. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think that was it. I, I doubt it. I'm just, I'm bringing <laughs> I, games I to mind. Yeah, no, no, no. Just, just, just spit them out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just running through the like you list got more in my than head. I got. Um, uh, I'm blanking. This is a toughie. This oh, is really Forza tough. Horizon Five. There's another option. Okay, that Forza got people. That got crazy high ratings, like in the '90s. It did, it and it did, was on PC. That was a PC thing. Oh, um, or Flight Sim. Was that year two? I think Flight Sim was 2020. No, Flight Sim was the same. It was in the same category with Forza Horizon oh, 5. Oh, that's right. With for like accessibility yeah, and shit yeah, too. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh huh. I am beside myself. There's I feel so like many it's gonna be one of these Sims that got really highly rated. That that's all I can think of. That like seems like it got a 90. Halo also, but I don't think that was higher than <laughs> that stuff. I got Groove's game of the year, so that's all. Yeah, it sure did. Um, but I, as we recently learned on this, it only got like an 88 or 87 or something. <sighs> Fucking, I, I'd be almost willing to like throw in League with like Forza 5. I am like... Dude, I think I, it's Forza 5. That's, no that's, clue. That's my, my heart and soul tells me. I'll roll with your heart and soul, Paul. Let's do Forza 5. Let's do it. The highest scoring game in 2021 on PC was Disco Elysium. Mother. Well, come on, Paul. What's the deal, huh? Is that is that the original <laughs> release for that game, or was that the um, the final cut? The final cut. Right. Okay. That's tough. That's why I wasn't thinking about it. I was thinking of that's tough. That's a ninety-seven. Tricky one. Yeah, ninety-seven. I have it. I have it on Xbox. I have it on PC. I think I have it twice on PC. Still haven't played it. Played like five minutes on stream once. It crashed, and <laughs> then I haven't played it since. But maybe number two from that year. You guys didn't mention scored a ninety-two. Final Fantasy fourteen Endwalker. Oh, that's because that's a dog shit, stupid anime game. <laughs> <laughs> but then we do have it number three, Forza Horizon five, which scored a ninety one. You mentioned It Takes Two, that was number six, it scored an eighty nine. We were we were around, but Death Loop, Death Loop number ten, it scored an eighty seven. I mean, you had the right years for some we of these. Were, at things. least we thought we of had games. the right I'm years. Proud of us, but we were pretty far off. You you don't have to humor us, Matt. Yeah. We just ate immediate ass. I mean, intense yeah, yeah, amounts yeah. of it. That was rough. We at least we didn't get goose egged, but you know that's true. Yeah. We did get one golden eye, baby. Because I like playing these games, we're gonna do the tiebreaker anyway. Yeah. Even though yeah. Uh, I win, I win. Just let the record show I win. Yep. However, we are gonna play the tiebreaker. Tell me the year. And this is a this is a little self indulgent here, but tell me the year that Mercenaries Playground of Destruction came out. Nineteen eighty two. I've never heard of that game. What? Yeah, Paul, I talk about this game. I think you I've do. heard you talk about it, but I so maybe I've heard of it, but I I couldn't tell you what it is. It feels like a two thousand six game, and I don't know why. Why not? Two thousand six came out in two thousand five. I've been. I have That's been pretty, like, I think he gets the tiebreaker just because it's so nah, fucking nah, nah, stupid. Nah, nah, nah. Like, I have been blue balling <laughs> every single goddamn answer I have gotten. Yeah. I have been one off. You have been. That's true. Not bad. Actually, I mean, terrible round, but <laughs> Whoa. it's, it's always what, fun to play. Josh and I are usually pretty decent at that game, so that was amazing. We got humbled. You got one right, Goldeneye. Thanks for the reminder. It's pretty there good. I'm proud of Goldeneye. All right, let's move on to the water cooler. Let's take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week. 
Josh, I just I want to hit you first again. I we're just go right to you first. Tell us, Josh, what'd you play this week? Uh, so I have a feeling my last game I'm going to talk about is going to lead into the game y'all are going to talk about. So I'm going to do a thing there. Um, so the first sure. game I'll talk about is Destiny Two. I have already talked about it a little bit. I have not been playing it like some diehard, insane ADHD medicated like team, <laughs> but I have been playing it pretty religiously as far as making sure a few dailies are done, making sure I knock out, you know, daily tasks, and I don't know what the hell it is, but the game has me by the balls again, more so than it has in years. Honestly, it's probably just the fact that I found a clan to play with. That really does make kind of all the difference. I mean, you can watch paint dry with a friend, and it's fun, and Destiny 2 is a lot of fun with, like, a dedicated friend group. Not, Not having to think about finding a group and considering who you're going to get with is so nice because Destiny 2 has such dog shit systems for LFG and sourcing and finding parties. Like, wow, in Final Fantasy, shit's basically flawless. It works great. Destiny, you basically have to use an app. You have to use Reddit. I mean, it's all outsourced, and it's a pain in the ass. And that's how I found the clan was through Reddit, and now we all are on Discord, so it makes it 10 times easier to, you know, manage and, you know, operate. But... It makes the social issues of the game an absolute pain in the ass, but I have been having a lot of fun with it. I haven't gone so hardcore with like certain specific weapon builds and all of that, but I, I mean, I have had fun. It was fun to raid and learn new mechanics. I, like, I'm i doing one Thursday, actually, uh, and I'm wow. excited about that. It's it's another old one. It's not the most current one, but it's an, it's one I haven't done yet, and I, I'm excited. It's it's fun to just get with people and, and do it, because it's, it's difficult. It's not... As difficult to me as like a WoW raid, just with all you have to move and avoid and consider and think about. But it, it's still with an FPS, considerably difficult given your visual uh, frame that you're stuck in. Uh, as well as, I mean, it, it is a little more difficult to guide people when you're not looking at it from a top-down perspective like you are most other, mm, sure. you know, top-down MMOs. Uh, relatively top-down. Um, but yeah, Destiny 2 has been a lot of fun. I... I I was honestly, I, I had a two-week period where I wasn't playing much, and I thought I was about to go through my same phase again, and then someone posted about the raid, and I was like, oh, fuck it. They asked me if I wanted to join, I'll do it, and I got hooked to shit. Also been playing WoW, of course, we all know this. You know it, I know it, everybody knows it. Uh, I'm going to be playing WoW pretty much all the time. I have had a lot of fun, though. I leveled up uh, Rep Pally on Alliance from 1 to 70, just for the fun of it, because I wanted to really get a feel for the changes. Uh, and I did. It was fantastic. And I went with the exact build I finally thought I was comfortable with and switched over to Horde and hadn't touched the Alliance since. <laughs> I found the Alliance leveling is like my way to like experience their leveling and then not have to touch the Alliance afterwards once you get max level. Because the Alliance max level experience is the shittiest experience in World of Warcraft. It is horrible. Why? Because there's no groups. Like as far as like well, it higher depends level, on the server you're on too, right? Like, that's the crazy part. I'm on Stormrage, one of the highest pop alliance servers, and I just felt like the community compared to like me being on Thrall Horde was notably shittier to find a group in, or at least the groups I was finding were notably shitty. <laughs> I was playing with some dog shit players, and I'm not. A, I don't have a high standard. I mean, if you're struggling or need to learn shit, go for it, bud. I don't give a shit. I'll be patient with you. But my good God, gracious, some of these fucking people were just. I mean, terrible. Like, I had tanks pulling one mob at a time in a time-walking dungeon, and you can basically pull the whole goddamn dungeon. Like, it was just brutal. I could see that. I could see new players just picking an alliance character. I could, I could see that. This alliance hate needs to stop right now. I, hey, I'm about, <laughs> I'm about to go on the offensive for the alliance. I'll say it. To me, their races are more interesting. 
just from like a an accessibility and visual well, that's, standpoint. That's exactly the opposite uh, of the. Uh, that's insane. <laughs> the alliance races are more visually I think interesting I than think, horde races. Okay, not not visually interesting, but more visually appealing to a regular human that more, wants more something appealing. that looks yeah, yeah, yeah. looks sure. like because them, they're basically. so plain. And I think exactly, and it's so much easier to just pick it up and grab it and be like, okay, this is me in the game now. As opposed to playing a cow or an orc. Don't get me wrong. I love the horde races, but I can't really vouch for all of them because all I play are fucking blood elves. Which you can do on the alliance now. Well, anyway, on retail, so. yeah. Y yeah, void elves. You just can't play a paladin. So I, you know, that's why I'm going to play horde yeah. forever, anyways. That, and I mean, it's basically in my blood at this point. Also, last one, of course, one, one, uh, spoiler alert, you all have played also New World. Uh, I have downloaded and got back into it, not near as much as y'all have, but. <laughs> It's, uh, y'all have been playing it, so I said, fuck it, I'm gonna play it. I've been running a great sword and bow dexterity build. Uh, my bow build is actually cracked. Wow. It, if you hit every shot, I mean, you're basically gonna kill it. <laughs> like, I, I run with, like, a rapid fire arrow and then, like, a full charge arrow, and then I'll oh. usually shoot, like, a shot or two, and, I mean, they're dead before they even get to me. It's really been oh, a lot shit. of fun. Um, and then, of course, the great sword's so much fucking fun. I, I'm so glad they put it in. I enjoy New World when I really get into the meat and potatoes of it. It's just so hard to do sometimes, but I, I think I am. Honestly, my biggest issue is the fact that when I turn it on, I don't hear my computer at all. Yeah. Like It's from 2017. It was pretty top of the line when I got it then. I don't hear it at all when I play basically anything yep. else. Cyberpunk, it didn't even get loud. I play New World? This motherfucker is a Boeing jet. It is about to take uh -huh. off and fly. It is so obscene. How horribly <laughs> optimized it is. That's got to be it. I mean, it's, I mean, it is a pretty game, but it's not the prettiest game I've ever not played. Not that pretty. No, it's it's not so pretty that it warrants that, where yeah. it sounds like my shit's melting, oh. and I can feel the fucking heat coming off of it. It's nuts. But yeah, that's uh, that's really the three major games I've played this week. Uh, I'll, I'll leave more New World to y'all, because I really haven't played a whole, whole lot of it. Uh, also played a little bit of Diablo Immortal, but that's just kind of been more of a comfort. Throw it on, you know, whatever. I'm playing a Necromancer, nothing really to talk about with it, but yeah, that's been about it. Yeah, the thing about New World, it does run hot for sure. For me, I don't know why, but for my, for me, I mean, there are other games that run just as hot, and I, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like it's any worse than any other high intensive game for me. So I don't know if what's specifically about my PC that seems like it runs a little bit better, but you do see very mixed results. Although of course I'm running it on medium and high graphics, so I'm not like maxing things out. So that could be part of it. Paul, let's go to you. You've been playing a bunch of new world. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about new world. I don't have anything else I've played. Um, uh, I've been watching Rachel start a new play in the Witcher. So that's been kind of fun on the, on the side, but uh, yeah, I've been mostly new worlding it up and uh, i'll start really quickly just talking about the heat issues i will say because i've actually had a really good time playing the game but yeah i did i hit max level recently which is great because it was taking me a while to do that i i, I went through playing it quite a lot uh, about a year ago maybe was that when we were playing matt when when the not even a year ago last fall i guess right yeah november yeah november when they did all the big updates so i was playing then i got to about 52 or so and then I just kind of burned out because the content was getting a little difficult for me. And I just kind of wussed out and stopped playing. I got distracted. Other games came out, whatever, whatever. So uh, I think that's exactly when I bought an Xbox Series X and got distracted by Xboxing. So, yep, that happened. But um, back playing it, got to max level. That was really cool. But um, one thing that was not really cool was my PC. Recently got a new laptop. <laughs> I talked about it recently on the pod. 
it's not like breaking any records. It is a laptop. You can give me shit, but let me tell you something. I'm running, you know, a Ryzen 7 reasonable, you know, uh, like a, a 5800. So it's not like super old. Um, I've got a 30 RTX 3060 again. It's like a laptop one, but it's got a pretty high wattage. I think it's like 120 watt. You know, it's like it's got power there and I'm playing, you know, I, I, I load up retail. Wow. I'm playing on ultra, like the 10 highest graphics setting anti eight, you know, anti aliasing is on. I've got like, you know, 200 frames a second. I'm playing on fucking anything. I'm getting like over a hundred frames a second, unless I'm playing like something really triple a, but even then I can play it on like high to ultra. It's just cause it's, you know, it's, it's new shit. It's fine. You know, it's not going to run everything perfect, but it can do some pretty cool shit. I'm on new world. I think, well, it's new world. This should be able to be fine. I'm, I'm playing it on, I start playing it on very high. I'm getting like 45, 50 in cities. I go out of the city. I got about 60. I'm like, Maybe I'll leave it on very high, see how it goes. You know, maybe I'll mess with a couple settings, turn shadows down, whatever. I'm doing that. And then everything goes really well for about two days-ish. And then this weekend, I'm doing a raid with you, Matt, and or a dungeon with you, Matt, and one of our friends. And at the end of the dungeon, my computer goes black. My screen goes black. My keyboard <laughs> oh, RGB yeah. goes off. I go, what the fuck? I can't hear anyone on Discord. I press the power button. And my computer like comes out of sleep. It's I'm still logged in. I just I have to re-enter the Discord call. New World's still running in the background. My computer force hibernated. It went to sleep on its own. I thought that's pretty fucking weird. I keep playing <laughs> the next day I keep playing solo. I'm in Brimstone Sands. That shit's I don't know I think it's something about Brimstone Sands. That place is really beautiful. I don't know what it is. It like taxes stuff more for me. The city is 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 a little bit laggy for me. Not even the city, man. I'm in, I'm like in the 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 stone acropolis, that shit. And my computer, my fan starts spinning up. I think, oh shit, my computer fucking uh, does it again. It goes to hibernate. I bring it back out. <laughs> this time, like it seems even more fucking. All the fans just like cut and it goes dark. Um, I bring it back out of that. I bring it back out of that. Um, I think, okay, this is not good, right? I think I'm playing in balanced mode and like Lenovo has a thing where you can like pop it into super performance. So I put it in like ultra performance, ultra balance. Um, I did made sure not to go to the one that like, I think I accidentally at one point went to the one that like clocks my CPU higher. I'm like, don't do that. Don't fucking make that hotter. So I, I, I go, I play like max fans. It sounds like a fucking jet engine. It's the loud, it sounds like the, the launch uh, PS4 uh, and it's just going crazy. And it cuts again. It cuts like two more times. And I start getting really pissed. This is Sunday night. I'm trying to unwind for the week. Anyway, um, I start going like, am I going to have to fucking bring this computer back? Is the computer fucked? I'm looking up Lenovo. Computer goes to sleep while playing games. Is it getting too hot? What do I do? And then I just start looking up New World. Computer goes to sleep playing the game. And I find a bunch of people saying my computer force, force hibernated because the game got my CPU too hot. So anyway, last night... I downloaded Ryzen controller, which is just like a, a basically a, a program that just lets me uh, set a max uh, temp for my CPU. I, I set it down oh, to, cool. to 90 because um, I, I didn't actually see how hot it was getting before. I, I assume it was getting to 95 or 100 pretty hot enough. That would be enough to like shut it down. Um, but I, I set max to 90, which is still probably kind of high. Um, and yeah, I had my fan profile up a little bit and it was running it more like the And yeah, it stayed around 83 to 90, 83 to 84, 85 degrees. Um, Cause I was kind of watching it while I was playing. 
I managed to stick on medium graphics, although I think I did eventually go up to high, but like bring shadows down and some other things. And yeah, it was okay. But I honestly, part of it, I think was just that I was running the game too high because I'm assuming that like you said, Josh, like other games I can run high. So I thought like I could run this on very high. Um, but then I saw people on that, that forum post being like, bro, are you running? Like uh, someone like commented saying they had a 3070 or something and saying that the game was crashing for them. And someone's like, bro, my computer's better than yours. And like, I don't run the game on high. Cause like that, it fucks my shit up. And I was like, okay, so like clearly my laptop shouldn't be playing fucking new world on high. Like it's just, it's, it's not me. It's the, it's the game. So uh, anyway, it sounds like you can get away with it, but I just got the unlucky draw here where I just don't run it super well or it just gets too hot. So I, I feel like I've used my allotted water cooler time, but the game's been fun. I have actually enjoyed playing. I am getting to a part where it's getting a little hard now. Uh, I think there reaches a point. This is what happened before when I was leveling in brimstone sands here i'm having a good time doing it but i'm also like without that thing where i'm leveling like getting actually closer to an, a specific end goal of like hitting max level i'm feeling like why am i doing quests still why am i doing quests i'm a bad end game mmo player i'm like why aren't i what else? i don't know am i crafting why am i doing like fighting and also which is stupid that's that's just how it works but i'm just like i'm dying a fucking lot in brimstone yeah. sands solo it's tough I, I really feel like that content is made for groups uh like it feels really group heavy i die yeah i die over and over and over like until someone shows up and who's also doing the quest i basically can't finish any quests in brimstone sands no it's hard it, it's difficult and i'm like i guess i can just find people and do groups but like i don't know it's just weird it's like the wow thing right where it's like but it's it never happened in wow but i think it's like what they were worried about right initially it was like oh if we're gonna let people be able to do content solo then we have to let them be able to do kind of everything solo minus like major major bosses like world bosses and things and i think that kind of is happening here where it's like the opposite where it's like they let you solo content up to like level 60 and then it's like okay here's like some more content it's all story content it's all fun but this you can't solo it's like that i was not set up for this you didn't give me preparation for this and maybe i just suck but I, I think I've heard for a lot of people that it's it's tough. It, like it's a huge it's a huge jump in in difficulty. I think from the base leveling experience. Yeah, I don't know. We, I mean, we talked about it. The Acropolis. I had a really difficult time with it. You were able to manage it. Spencer managed it just fine. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is the build that you're using. You know, what sort of gems you have, what sort of perks you have against the specific enemies that you're going up against. I think that's a big part of it. Um, and that can really change things, but yeah, it, it does get difficult. Yeah. I looked Brimstone up some, Sands is difficult. I looked up some builds yesterday and actually my build or very close to it was, was actually on uh, the list of like one of the cool builds. So I was like, all right, oh, that's wow. cool. I didn't even mean it to be, but like the rapier or musket, uh, build was, was on there with light armor and everything and, and looping around. So, um, I was pretty happy with that last night. I will say I, I bought, I tried, I changed my build twice and got two new sets of armor to the like gear sets. I spent nice. all of my money. I have a hundred oh. gold left, um, yeah. and I hated and I hated both of them. Uh, yeah. I hated both of them. Um, one That's was the worst. one was like I don't even remember. I think it was oh, it was this fucking hacky crazy build where you go life staff and hatchet, and uh, and you go all focus, and then you get that gem that changes like hatchet strength from it scales with focus, and then you can oh. heal yourself all the time, but then you like attack with the hatchet. But then, I don't know, I guess I just didn't get enough side strength gear or like the guide was kind of shit. And so my hatchet did like half the damage of my life staff and my life staff ended up being the only thing that did anything. And I was like, oh, this is stupid. Weird. 
Um, so I kind of just was like, why am I running this? And it's also, you run heavy armor too. So you're just like real tanky and you heal yourself. Oh, wow. so it's like, you won't die. But then I did die. And because at that point, like I could take three mobs, which I normally couldn't in New World at all, not even close. Um, if I aggro like one extra guy, I'm dead. But I could take three people, but then I couldn't kill them fast enough. And eventually they would just kind of chunk me down. Right, right. So that kind of sucked. I think I was just me being dumb. And then the other one was just like full strength great axe, which I think is what you're going, Matt ish sort of yeah yeah well that's what i was doing i've yeah. switched to fire oh, staff, right. you switched to fire staff. so I, I i went uh great axe full strength uh i think medium armor because they told me to or some shit and i was doing this and i just i was doing less damage than i was in the rapier so i was like and i couldn't like you know spin around anymore so i was like fuck all of this i'm just doing what i know i die a lot yeah. but like it, i just feel i feel the moves unfortunately it is a little bit more i feel like this kind of thing where you're doing the dodge roll is more like um, skill based than just being a big tank, and I'm like, is, and I, yeah. and I, my worry is that I'm too bad at the game for it to work, but it just feels right. So that's what I'm sticking with. I've talked forever, but I just, I've had a lot of new world trouble recently. My computer, and then I don't know what to do with my build, but I'm, I'm working through it because I am really enjoying the game. Yeah, I'm probably gonna change my great axe blunderbuss combo to medium armor because the light armor. You're right. It's just like it's. You do have to be kind of skilled. And, and with medium armor, you can just take the hits. You can take a, a few more hits. You get like two hits from a, a big a big baddie and you're dead in light armor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is fine if you're a caster. And if you're doing a lot of group content, especially because you have tanks and stuff. But yeah, when you're out soloing, it's tough. It feels so good, though, when you pull it off. Like if you can like deke around oh, and like stab someone in the back with the rapier and do all these like little flippy do's. It's very cool, but high risk, high reward. One thing about the quests you mentioned, like what's the point? I did learn that even if you're max level, the experience, the quest XP, they wanted it to still feel like you were doing something. So now that also translates to season XP now that they've started the season content for the past. That's cool. So yeah, I mean, it goes without saying, but I played New World this week. I played a lot of New World during the holiday weekend. Like, I mean, I played like roughly 30 hours or so over the, the weekend I really went into New World. I'm loving the game a ton. I completed the season one storyline, which was pretty short to be honest, but it was neat. It was all about putting the team together, the Silver Crows, basically like assembling the the Avengers, which was kind of funny. And but it was cool. It was a good cast of characters, interesting characters, and and some of the storyline was funny, like the little kitten that's called Dog. I thought that was funny. But I made a ton of progress with my expertise rating. My general gear score is getting really close to 600 at this point with my main with my main armor build, my ge main gear set. So that's cool. I did a ton of dungeons. I did some elite chest runs. Really just immersed myself into the end game, and I learned a ton about how all of the systems work in the game. Really sort of just immersed myself into figuring things out because New World is interesting in that there's a bit of a learning curve and it has a number of systems, but as far as MMOs go, they're not the deepest systems. Like, they're very manageable. It's sort of like, um, instead of a really deep pond, it's sort of like a really shallow ocean, if that makes sense. Which is perfect in New World, because you can't swim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, New World is weird, because you need to know, you need to have, like, a bunch of different gear sets to properly do the content, but it's not, like, a crazy complicated thing it's just having to actually do the things to get the gear and the items and to to figure out 
your build and how you're playing and, and playing quote unquote correctly. Although I think everyone should just play however they want to play, because I think at the end of the day, you can still make it work regardless, but I've really enjoyed just learning about the game. And I think it's actually one of the most casual friendly MMOs out there because of that. So you can just over time chip away at it and it really doesn't matter because you're still doing end game content. Like I'm still doing dungeons. I might not be doing like mutation level 10 dungeons, but I'm still doing the dungeons and I'm still able to see these boss fights. But as I, you know, chip away at my gear score and get it higher, eventually I'll be able to do the higher level versions of things. And I'm still seeing all the content, which is really cool. A couple things with the groups that I had this week. So there was a party that Spencer and I were in, two members of the party. Like they learned early on that Spencer and I were lower gear score at the time. Over the weekend, we got quite a bit higher, but they were patient with us. Two of these group members were really patient with us. And I've found, at least on my server, New World, that's a very common thing. Players are very helpful to new players and very patient, which is incredibly rare for an MMO. But I think that it's there are two reasons. One, New World is a bit of a more niche MMO at this point and it's it's not like super niche but it is more niche than like Final Fantasy or WoW or ESO and stuff like that and when you get a niche MMO in general MMOs already have an older player base people in their late 20s 30s 40s 50s that sort of thing and when you talk about a more niche MMO you're going to have a greater number of that versus teenagers or people are in the early 20s whatnot so I think because of that you do run into less toxic, more helpful people. Of course, every game has their toxic people. New World does have it too. But with all that said, two people in our group were very kind in defending Spencer and I and saying, well, we want to teach them how to do this fight. We think we can do it or at least teach them the rest of the dungeon. This other guy who started to be toxic, he wanted to get out of there. And it's funny because in New World, you have the voice chat. So people, they're doing this in voice chat. Our characters <laughs> are standing next to each other. It was hilarious because... It was, it was literally like Spencer and I were standing with the two party members who were defending us and opposite us was the guy who, who was calling us out and like saying like, I'm just wasting my fucking time. And he was on the opposite side as so it was actually like two sides of the argument. Like a soap opera. Yeah. It was just really funny how it played out like that. But the guy dipped and the other two helped Spencer and I, uh, which was really cool of them. They were really, really patient. And then shout out to Drewski420, who had an open mic for an entire dungeon that I was in. <laughs> Even after I called him out on it, he just had an open mic. You heard every mouse click, every keystroke, every little <laughs> bit of food that he was eating. It was so fucking annoying. I had to turn it off at some point, and then I was losing out on instruction that they were giving. But like, I can't listen to that the entire time I'm trying to play the game. It was super annoying. That's such a unique MMO experience. Yeah. Just listening to someone eat fucking Doritos while you Dude, play. Dude, turn on push to talk on TeamSpeak, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Why do you want us to hear that? Why, why like, If something's happening in, in the rest of your house or apartment or wherever you're living, if someone calls you across the room to, to say something, why, why do you want the entire group in this video game to hear what's going on in your house? That's so strange to me. I don't understand that mentality at all. But yeah, shout out to Drewski420. If anyone, it's that it's Drewski420 who just doesn't give a fuck, I guess. <laughs> anyway, did some of the Brimstone Sands quests mostly to get the Heart Rune gem slot unlocked. But man, I got to tell you, I I really love this zone, the Brimstone Sands zone. It's so vast. The vibes are perfect, especially at night. You get this really 
you get this feeling of like the cool desert night. It's so awesome. And just speaking of vibes and environmental visuals, when I finished, so I did the Imperial Palace chest run for the first time. And when I finished that, I ended at this overlook at the top of these mountains. And it was nearing nighttime in the game. And it looked over this forest down below. There was a small outpost nearby. You could see the lights from that town. And it was just really, really impressive. I was with Spencer, Paul and I's buddy, and we were just like, this is truly one of the greatest visuals that we've seen in an MMO. It was it was awesome. It was it was breathtaking. And uh I don't know, it was just it was just really cool. You don't see those sort of things in games where it's just this this valley down below, these forests, it looks almost realistic because the thing about New World and the environments, they don't look theme parky. They don't feel theme parky, even though they kind of are in some sense. It doesn't feel that way. It doesn't look that way. It looks organic. It looks natural. And even on medium and high graphics, a combination of those, it was really cool. I wish I had taken a screenshot. I didn't, but it was beautiful. It was awesome. And and that's that's a huge reason why I keep coming back to New World is just because of the world that you exist in in that game. And there's a reason to go out in the world because of all the gathering and crafting. So you actually get to see it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just really loving the game and I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. I want to play other things, but I'm just having too much fun playing New World and, and progressing all my shit. So it's a good time. Anyway, let's move on to Tickle My Listicle. In Tickle My Listicle, the panel puts together a list to fit around a certain topic and then we discuss our picks right here on the show. We're going to take turns sharing our picks for each round until we get to our number one pick in each category. This week's listicle is our top three favorite video game protagonists, the good guys. So, Paul, let's go to you first. Number three favorite video game protagonist. I'll just say really quick, I really wanted it to be Sonic, but I just couldn't justify it in my in my head enough. I just... Honorable mention. Honorable mention, but I just... I couldn't... He was dishonorable mention. Oh. Yeah. Damn. For me, he is, yeah, for sure. For Matt, I think, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's one of those ones that despite the character, uh, I like the games. Like, I don't care about Sonic himself. He's kind of a little fucking brat. Um, but the <laughs> game is fun. Um, and Knuckles is Chad. But yeah, that being said, um, my 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 number three answer uh, is probably PS4 Sony Spider-Man. I gotta say, I think he's a pretty definitive uh, characterization of the game. I know now we've like, you know, time has passed and some people have been like, you know, you know, it was a pretty good Spider-Man story. It wasn't like the best ever, but some people were like, you know, at the time it was like very, this is the best thing ever. But ultimately I think Yuri Lowenthal does an incredible job. I think um, he just cracks jokes. He chills. He lives his life. Um, he just is such a good cartoon Spider-Man. And uh, I think he does a great job. And so I think video game wise, definitely my favorite Spider-Man and Spider-Man has got to make a point on this list somewhere. He's one of my favorite characters in the canon. So there you go. Very good. Josh, you're number three. We're going to go with good old-fashioned Commander Shepard. He's uh, he's a hard one to deny. Only number three. Only number three. My number one uh, might surprise you. <laughs> no, but Commander Shepard is a G. He's great. Uh, he He's a little dull in the first game. Mark Mir kind of figured it out by the second and third, though. Uh, and he's just, he's such an easy, likable protagonist. He's simple. He is Soldier Man. And he either gets all the dudes or gets all the women or both uh, and then ends up with nobody. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, he's just kind of a total Chad and you kind of love to see it. I, I just think he's honestly just such a good, perfect protagonist 
being surrounded by all these interesting and unique characters that you get to meet. It works wonderfully. Josh, I swear to God, if your number one is your Blood Elf Paladin. Don't worry, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My number three. Well, first off, honorable mention to Arthur Morgan. I love Arthur, but John Marston, I love more. That's where my love truly lies. So there you go. Number three, though, Lara Croft from the Tomb Raider reboot series. She's just a really fun character. She's well-voiced. She's interesting. The backstory is good. And she's kind of just like a superhero out of nowhere. Yeah, I know that's kind of a weird flaw in the characterization, but who cares? Who cares? She's awesome. She's a badass. And I think the the characterization, what they did with her in the reboot series is what really makes that reboot series. Otherwise, it's kind of just fairly generic series, but Mm -hmm. I I think her character is great and the games are fun. And so, yeah, she gets my number three. Paul, you're number two. Number two, um, you know, not an honorable mention for me, but Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I have only played a little bit of this game, but I got to tell you, Arthur is one of the most affecting characters I've dealt with in a video game. I've played as from all of his interactions with people, his internal interactions, reading through his journal of like soft boy drawings of horses yeah. and and little and little journal entries about his feelings and just the way that he has this gruffness and he has a rough past but he tries his best to become a man of redemption and I just I and he just exists in this quiet but unfair world and I don't know man he just gets to me he's my sad cowboy love and uh, he's great, and I'm excited to play more Red Dead when the uh, the time comes. But I, I don't have to play any more to know I love him. Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. Putting this list together, I realized that there are a lot of one-off video game characters that I, f- I, I almost feel like if you're not in a series, it's hard to include you for some reason because we almost like don't get enough time with you. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird, and, and that's not correct. Like You can totally pick a one-off character, Putting this list together, I felt like if they're not in a series, it almost felt like they were at a disadvantage for this list. Random thought, but yeah. there you go. Josh, you're number two. We're going with good old Geralt. Uh, I know he's from the books, but I met him in the game, <laughs> so, you know. I just love Geralt. He's badass. He, his character is true to himself from the second you start the game till whatever point I'm at, and I'm assuming till the end. Uh, I mean, I haven't even beaten the game, and he's on my list. I mean, he is just the most likable rat bastard in any game I've played. Like, it's it's fun to, like, occasionally be a dickbag to people just because of the way he, like, is. But at the end of the day, like, he's still, like, a witcher kind of with a heart of gold. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a charming story. It, it really is. It grows on you because... The more you play as him, you realize, damn, a lot of these witchers are just, like, fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's, like, Geralt's, like, somehow just stay true to himself and is just a, a really like just a sweetheart uh just kind of at the end of it so i i don't i i love him as a character he's he's great good pick my number two is joel from the last of us part one what happens to him in part two eh, we're not gonna talk he's about there <laughs> joel is just like the Four. ultimate badass video game dad I love his Texan background his ability to adapt to situations to take care of people and everyone knows it, it's obvious, but yeah, I mean, Joel's just sort of a perfect video game protagonist. He's interesting, he's complicated, he's complex, and he's just a really fun character for the player to be in his shoes. He just makes a really compelling character, and I, I love Joel. He's awesome. Paul, you're number one. 
I notice we're we're having a lot here of characters like this, and I think and I think that that's an interesting through line. We have characters like Arthur Morgan, Geralt, or even Joel, who like have a really fraught past where they've done things they're not proud of, but because they had to in the scenario, maybe not didn't have to, you know what I mean, but but chose to follow that path because it was the path of least resistance. And then now they reach this inflection point in the game where they have to try. They're trying to do the right thing, even though they don't yeah. think they're worthy of redemption. They still choose to do the right thing as, as best they can. And with that said, I'm going to echo the sentiment and say Geralt of Rivia is my my top <laughs> uh, video game protagonist. I think, um, like I just like I was just saying, I think again he was he was made to be something uh, as a child. He was forced into this life, you know. He was he was made to be a Witcher, um, but ultimately he chooses to do the right thing, which isn't always. I mean, he doesn't always. Um, my Geralt does though. My Geralt chooses to do the right thing as much as possible. Um, I often eschew coin in favor of helping people. Um, I think even canon Geralt's is like you know in general uh is just like a a good dude um and i also really love his love story with yennefer and again kind of like uh you know some people say like you know i think you know he's fighting within mutations he's fighting with this 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 toxic masculinity this this idea even being a witcher uh, of you know expressing himself and trying to feel love and emotions and and feel this love for siri and feel this love for yennefer and i think it's really amazing to see him crack open like that and it's the same thing with sad boy arthur and it's uh the same thing with joel trying to fight through these these feelings of of having to be this gruff hard ass all the time and uh i just i just love Geralt. and also shout out like you said josh um i'm not usually an outright dick to people but man i love um just like that dry sarcastic sense of humor um like i'll give people shit when they ask a stupid fucking question or something and i, I love the way Geralt will just just dryly like uh just call them out i love that so much very good josh your number one we're giving it to the man, the myth, the legend, Varian Wren. Oh, wow. I fucking love Varian. I <laughs> can't even put it in. I'm not even an Alliance player. I've played Horde for since 2008. Uh, Varian has been a noted badass the entire time up until when he started to when he fucking got gotten Legion. I've never loved the Alliance. I've never showed any love towards him. I've played it a handful of times here and there and you know played it a couple expansions maybe. But uh, him and his ending sequence in Legion was the most bold and heroic shit a Warcraft character has done. I was going to give you shit about that not being a protagonist that you play as, but I actually want to say, like, I mean, in the grand scheme of the storyline of, of World of Warcraft, he really is kind of like the fucking hero for a lot of it. He, he really he is. is. Yeah. I mean, you, you just run alongside him and just help out with, like, tasks mostly. Well, for the most part, until you become the champion. But, <laughs> you know, for the most part, like, you just run alongside him and do shit for him. And he's like, I mean, he is the fucking king. I, I like, during Siege of Orgrimmar, when they choose Vol'jin as, like, the war chief, like, he absolutely could have just shit all over the horde and just ended it then. Uh, and then he still made the decision not to. And I just, I don't know, the way he went out, it made you hate Gul'dan so much more. It made him like s still such a badass and true to himself. I just fucking love Varian, man. I I hate that he got got, but honestly, it works because I low key was thinking of putting Anduin as my one, but Varian is is a little bit better off. But yeah, I, I shout out to my boy Varian. Josh, does it have anything to do with him having blood elf hair? Uh, it does look suspiciously <laughs> familiar. I was gonna say he's he is the anime World of Warcraft character. Yeah, he <laughs> really is. is. He's, he's there. He's the Goku. He is yeah. typical shonen protagonist yeah. through and through. Uh, it's a shame he got got. <laughs> 
So now we, we know the real story behind this. <laughs> <laughs> My number one probably does not come as too much of a surprise. It's Nathan Drake from the Uncharted series. Nathan Drake is the perfect video game character to me. He's badass. He's charismatic. He's smart. He's skilled. He's funny. He's fun. And unfortunately, he's not single. So I'm out of luck on that one. But he's a great character. Great character. All around, just a really cool guy and good at history and finding treasures and just like a classic video game character, but a classic video game character brought to modern cinematic standards just done so perfectly. I'm so glad they adapted the movie into a game for that. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> like Holland's the definitive, but it's cool that Oh no. It's cool that they did it that way. No. Oh jeez. No. Yeah, I mean that uh, Nathan Drake's awesome. Love him. Look, Tom Holland did okay. But he's not Nathan Drake. And Mark Wahlberg is certainly not fucking Sully. <laughs> that was crazy. Listen, that movie, I, I talked about it when I watched it. I talked about it on the show, but f a fine movie. It's just not an Uncharted movie. Yeah. It's just, it's 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 Uncharted without Nathan Drake or Sully. It's just two other weird stand-in characters. It's Uncharted, the new class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was really weird, really weird. But not a terrible movie, Just just weird. Anyway. Let's move on to a special show. No Geralt, by the way, for me. I know. Geralt's a little, shocking. Yeah. She liked the game, but not not specifically drawn to Geralt kind of thing. Yeah, that's my thing is I like Geralt, but what I like most about Witcher 3 is the story and the world and the characters that he interacts with. I think what makes Geralt is his interactions with the other characters, not necessarily Geralt himself. Yeah. But I also, too, I, I mean, I love Geralt. He would have been an probably number five on the list, mm -hmm. but just not, not top three. All right, let's move on to a special shout out. Each panelist is going to give a special shout out to anyone or anything of their choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why this lucky someone is getting this attention. I'll go first. A special shout out to Grace O'Malley in New World for giving me a shit ton of free legendary items with the season one storyline quests. I appreciate it, Ms. O'Malley. Josh, your special shout out. A special shout out to the Russian news broadcaster in the game Freedom Fighters. <laughs> the shittiest wow. Russian accent money can buy. <laughs> I would have thought Freedom Fighters would have had enough cash to, to hire someone better. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It sounded like they stuck her in a closet and said, speak like a Russian. And yeah. she just did it. <laughs> have you checked and seen if it was Tris Marigold's voice actor? I, it might have been. That's a very good point, actually. Wow. We'll have to, we'll have to take a look at that. <laughs> Paul, your special shout out. Special shout out. Speaking of Tris Marigold, special shout out to uh, the queen, Yennefer of Vangerberg in The Witcher 3. <laughs> Couldn't put her on the pro tag list, but uh, I'll sim for her all day long. She is the greatest. We'll have to do another list that's uh, side characters and then antagonists. Give me like a love interest, best love interests. Oh. I would, I would, I'd go for that. Yeah. For sure. Luigi. Uh, easy. What game is mm. he the love interest in? <laughs> Uh, Super Mario Brothers. Whoa. <laughs> right? I didn't. I don't remember that part, but I didn't have an NES yeah. like you did, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, Mario bro? All right. I just remember in Luigi's Mansion when he fucked a ghost. Yeah. What part yeah. was... What, is that in two or in one? Because I played one. That's the hot coffee mod for... Uh, <laughs> Doesn't Mark Hamill play King Boo? That would be... Yeah. I'd King Boo to, gets I'd pay, railed. I'd pay to watch that. 
Thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly Doesn't gaming podcast. Doesn't vacuum suck? The all-encompassing <laughs> weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. It does. That's what vacuums do. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it does. Sucks on the old prune. If you really Easy. like the show, we encourage you to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash goodnightgroups, where we currently have two different prunes available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated and will go a long way in improving everything here at the Goodnight Prunes. The three plus tier, the $3 plus tier, will get you access to this show two days early. And a special shout out to the honorary prunes supporting us in the $5 plus tier. That's Andre D., Cole T., Derek versus the Prune, James B., James S., Jeremy R. A round of applause for them, please. Is this joke getting old yet, or should I keep going? More. Yeah. When you started this joke, we were actually talking about dates. That's how old it is. This this joke's gotten old like those fuckers (laughs) that eat prunes. Easy. (laughs) We also ask that you take a couple minutes to drop a five-star prune on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Everything helps. Everything prunes. Every prune helps. At some point, everything does prune over time. Yeah. And every prune does help. Like your shits never stop getting better. They get so good at a certain point, people pay you for them. Are there diminishing returns though? Because we're making a load of shit right now and people are paying us five bucks a month for it. So (laughs) make sure to check out Goodnight Groups. I'm not going to mess up that one because I don't know what. Goodnight what, Prunes what, goes to. Yeah, goodnightgroups.com. <laughs> oh, I know what Goodnight Prunes goes to. Speaking of what Josh was talking about earlier. <laughs> Where he'll find this podcast. Southern Fried Prunes, <laughs> game reviews, and more on the website. You're also going to find a link to the community Discord where you can hang out with everyone, get the quickest updates, and chat with us on a daily basis. Oddly enough, Paul, yeah. breakfast every morning, a lot of prunes. Yeah, I share my prune salad and prune juice every morning and uh, heaping uh, I, I, I was going to say toast with prune on it, but I actually just put two, two <laughs> I put two prunes <laughs> in the toaster. Yeah. A lot of fires in my house early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, your toaster's gross. It's ruined. It's, disgusting. it's pruned, in fact. Yeah. It's pruned. How much do you think we can run this joke into the ground anymore? Or? I don't know. I think people pruned. have tuned out by now. I will say, I I don't know if you've gotten they've to that pruned pr- out by yeah, now. They've pruned <laughs> out. <laughs> oh, prune. Um, yeah. Have you gotten to the part in the copy where you mention um, game reviews and more? Because we actually do have them now. I did. Yeah, yeah. I passed that. Yeah. That's why you didn't make a joke about it because we actually had some. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Game prune views and more. We can make jokes about your uh, breakfast sleep post. There we go. Yeah. Wall World Review, that's up there. Diablo 4 Beta Review, that's not outdated anymore, so you can go check that out. It's a it's an evergreen video. It, it always it basically is always relevant. I'm just going to change the title to Diablo 4 Review when Oh, yeah, then people the might think you got out. it early. Yeah. Change it now. Before we get out of here, guys, <laughs> do we have any final thoughts? Wash your prunes. That'll do it for us here today. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Stay pretty.